I declare bankruptcy! Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Depression? Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut! Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. You're listening to Great Scott, the Office Podcast. My name is Jay Ray, and with me is my deskmate, Jacob. Yo, yo, yo. Sorry we're coming to y'all a little late, yeah. you know, lives and stuff. And we do promise to do our best to stay on schedule, but we are getting into the holiday season, and we all know how hectic life can get. Yeah. You know, travels and whatnot. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna do our best, but no um, promises. Okay, so uh, just to rehash, anybody who may have missed a previous episode, we've changed our format just a hair, and we're uh, focusing on two episodes per Great Scott episode. Keeps things a little tighter. We can uh, give all the episodes the love and care that they each deserve, and. Um, yeah, big one up mm-hmm. to our um, sponsor, Zencaster. Visit Zencaster.com. Type in the special coupon code that Jacob will say right now. <laughs> Get 20% uh, off broken your jars, uh, subscription. Yep. Uh, so, well, well we're going to touch off yeah. real quick on the banker. Uh, episode 14 of the season, uh, done by Jeffrey Blitz and Jason Kessler. Uh, you know, Banker is pretty much a, yes, uh, actually clip, according to Genderpedia, that is the alternate name from for every, it. That's right. The clip show. Which, you know, I didn't mind it in the office, especially because they didn't, you know, that's the only one they ever did. You know, it's not like Friends that had like three a season for a while. Um, and it also was a nice sort of wrap up to what I called the first office because, you know, after this episode, we get into Saber and we get a lot of new characters. So it's it's one of those things where it was a nice way to wrap it up and sort of transition into this new version uh, of the office. I hated it. <laughs> I thought it was stupid, and um, I think everybody involved, honestly, maybe they should rethink their career choices. No. Um, yeah, no, it was a little weird because it's like, I mean, again, what episode? We're like episode 14 of the season. Um, you make a good point that it is kind of like a separation mm-hmm. between the Dunder Mifflin era and the Saber era, but I would argue that uh, if they were going to do a clip show, it should have been at a different time, um, maybe earlier, like when like the good show clip show and then like the bad part of the show clip show. Boom. Uh, yeah, but it's it's fine. It kind of gives you a rundown. I think clip shows in general are kind of stupid. I get why they need to do it. It's like a one-part filler to give the actors and stuff a little bit of a lighter production load that year. Part of it as like, a, like you said, touching base with previous storylines because we probably won't be visiting them again. Uh, but whatever stuff happens, um, uh, I, I don't have anything particularly interesting to say about it, except for Michael's got a weird haircut starting from this episode. 
Uh, well, so zero what are you going to rank it? What do we do? Out of five. Zero out of five helmet hairs. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I'll give it like a one out of five. It's too nice. It's too nice, Jacob. It doesn't know. deserve it. Now Something. you're going to throw off our whole curve. All right. So that's it. That's the banker. If you want to watch it, you can go fuck yourself. I'm coming out of the gate hot, man. <laughs> we were a little late, and I'm trying to make sure everybody on the other end stays energized. Uh, that being said, we're going to move on to our next episode. I have a lot less negative things to say about it. Less profanity. It's going to be good for the kids. So if your kids have left the room at this point, bring them on in. We're about to cover Saber. Sabre, you're, you're a dum-dum. Yep. Uh Written by Jennifer Saleta and directed by John Krasinski. I actually did not know he directed this an episode. one. <laughs> this one. So we, we opened up with um, they've gotten a box from Saber and Michael just rips it open and asks for the scissors and that get thrown to him by Aaron and Pam's just freaking out, like who the f-? like she's got this like who the well, and fuck he catches like, it like the worst thing. way. Like I, I'm, I'm re- yeah, I'm really curious what yeah, like, like the pride right for that was right. Like if someone right on the like, blades dulled regular scissors and super glued it so that it was in that precarious position. I mean, because a little bit off in that position, he could have cut his arteries Maybe. there in his wristicles. I mean. You got to figure it was probably just like a ultra yeah, dull. Yeah, I mean that's scissors. what I'm saying. I think the props could have like sanded it down to be a little bit rounded or something. It's a short shot. Yeah, but yeah. So they open the box after this uh, scissor me comment, and um, the different departments get a bit of a gift. Right, we get mm-hmm. a new printer for accounting. We get a fax machine for sales. Wow. Right. Fax cables for Creed. Well, you know, because I do. I do have this, like, who the hell still uses faxes in my notes. But, you know, in sales, you know, lots of contracts going back and forth. I could see a fax machine being yeah, needed. I mean, uh, my my office still has a fax machine. Marketing My marketing department, we never use it. But uh, it's beeping. Some idiots always dial in a phone number and someone answers on the other end by mistake. <laughs> you hear, like, that fax internet sound and you hear someone go hello hello <laughs> yeah i haven't yeah. used the facts uh, and it's always when we get new employees and they're like what the fuck is this and i'm like i'm sorry cursing and they're like what is this and i'm like oh, i have to show you how to use the damn fax machine it's just like dialing a phone except stupider <laughs> uh so all these gifties are distributed and creed's got his cable michael keeps a scanner so you know, again, we know this is a post-Blackberry time period, so people have smartphones with cameras that are acceptable. But he's still putting stuffed animals on the scanner to scan it into his computer, and him and Dwight are giggling. Uh, you know, it's I can understand the scanner. Like, I have a pretty nice scanner at home. Or at yeah, house, I mean, so. um, you know, we are, what, a year or two away from the... Uh, What's that called? The Saber Pyramid or whatever? 
You know, there's some good technology around the corner. Right. Scanner seems a little archaic, but uh, Michael's happy to take it. But we find out that there was a letter that Michael didn't read. And it was uh, all that shiz is for uh, an individual we've never met before named Gabe Lewis. Right. And I don't, do we ever come back to, um, uh, do we ever come back to the box or is this just like it disappears? Yeah, after they, uh, they do a shoddy job of putting everything back together and um, no one ever mentions receiving a shysty put together box. Yeah, like Kree's yeah. like, have you tried making everything smaller? Um, so that is it. We are quickly introduced to Gabe. Um, he is not the character we come to know him as, right? He's a pretty regular guy. He's still he, there's there's hints of spinelessness throughout the episode, um, but the the full on oddities right. of the. Asian love and uh, weird sound making things and the horror porn stuff that's all kept under wraps so far. Right, yeah. He uh, he seems very tall, <laughs> according to Michael, which that is. And what I love is like Dwight has this big tray of hot dogs, a Scranton hot dog from Scranton. I don't know why they are different from other hot dogs. And Michael's like, not now. And Dwight doesn't know where to put it. And he ends up just putting this tray on the floor near Gabe. It's like, there's like 40 hot dogs on this tray. And I've mentioned it a bunch. I just think it's always worth noting. There's some Dwight insubordination here. Uh, Specifically, if we go back to the cold open real quick, when he calls out Michael for being, um, you know, uh, negligent and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's just kind of funny here to see Dwight do this. It's just like a kind of weird thing he does, right? When he's trying to find the place for the hot dogs and it goes on for a while. It's like 40 seconds and like, there's a scene playing out and we just (laughs) see him kind of looking around. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's just in the background. He doesn't know what to do. Like, why does he just put it on like Aaron's desk or something? He could have brought it to his own desk. Whatever. So, um, yeah, we get our, you know, he kind of introduces everybody. We find out that we find out the company name because for the past four minutes, we had been under the impression it's called Sabre. Right. You know, when I first saw it, I thought it was Sabre as well or Sabre. When I fir- yes, first well, time I saw according it. According to a quick Google search, Sabre is with an E-R. Uh, but they've got RE, which is a reasonable confusion. Uh, this leaves an issue for Andy and Aaron, however, who have repurposed a Miley Cyrus song uh, as an ode to Sabre. And um, Gabe tries to record the whole shtick, and they just can't they can't fix it. Sabre rhymes with what they've written. <laughs> Right, and what I love is yeah. at one point, Andy's like, "Are just you open. sure it's Saber?" <laughs> He's like, "Just, just, just maybe, maybe you're yeah. wrong." This person who works at this company, <laughs> and we have this um, sort of B storyline going on where Jim and Pam are yeah. looking at yeah. 
What? Daycare, preschool, like, something like that. Pam is currently with child. I mean, how old? I don't know babies. Right. How old does a baby have to be to be given away to an institution for care? I mean, I. I mean, you can do it pretty, or you pretty young. Be, I don't know, like what, a toddler or something, it, right? It can be done pretty young. No, I think, uh, I think you can do as, yeah, as young as I feel like, like I've never seen months. a piece of media that has had a non-walking or crawling, like I've never seen a crawling baby in daycare. Even in the Rugrats, which I've been watching a lot of, thanks to Hulu, um, Tommy Pickles walks. You know. <laughs> um right yeah i mean i don't know exactly and it like doesn't end up being that like the mom ends up watching the kid instead of actually sending him the daycare the in this scenario jacob i am referring to a single one where they believe that the daycare is a prison uh very early on in season two but listen i this is not the rugrats podcast <laughs> And, of course, I do not expect you to be up on Rugrats like I am uh, because I've been watching it religiously. Um, yeah, so there's this daycare, and it's very, very popular. And they're kind of making it a point to let everybody know that there's kind of a waiting list and there's an interview process and it's kind of a thing. And there's Right. It, like Jim, well, granted, yes. it's supposed to be like right by Dunder Mifflin, like a mile or two away. But Jim map quests it. I'm just like – Man, even even then, yeah, MapQuest then was, was a, a dated um, reference. He also makes a, a very good dad joke um, saying that if the daycare doesn't work out, his baby can go to the army, comma, the infantry. Hmm. I thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> Pam's face is so good. She's like, you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know, you know he's been making that joke for like well, days. Well, I, I think this might be the first time he's actually said it. But I certainly know that moving forward, it's going to be in his pocket like all the time. Uh, because Pam's reaction is just, you know, there's like a, a good beat where she's like, okay, I see what you did, you dummy. <laughs> like I feel like Jim would be the kind of guy that would practice his jokes in the mirror for the television. I, I, I could see him getting there. At first, he was too cool for school, but yeah, I think at this point, he thinks it's expected of him. You know, especially after the whole Prince Charles thing. Well, you know, um, you know, Michael does right. You know, he's like, you know, at home eating his steamed veggies. Watching TV and like writing down jokes oh, to yeah. like save the next My day. My Michael Scott. In Webster's Dictionary, says wedding. <laughs> um, we're also introduced to a new character, Nick the IT guy, um, who has been previously seen in the job right. fair episode as the recruit for. Uh, was it? Was it? No, it wasn't a school. It was a job. Right. It was a design job, I believe. Uh, but then he's the one who yeah, informs Pam yeah, that there's so. a lot of schools in New York that could uh, teach some of these preliminary programs that she obviously seems unaware of. So was it, I, I know it's never referenced, but is it is he supposed to be the same person or is it well, just the actor playing I, two different? I feel like 
uh, it's two different people. Um, although Thunderpedia again does say Nick appears in season four at the job fair, and then again in season six. So, uh, yeah, because it feels like you know Pam would be like, "Hey, I yeah, remember something. you." From I mean, the job you know, fair. granted, their conversation is like three minutes, and you know what have you. So I could see why he'd forget, but right. I think in uh, in old TV shows, this kind of thing happened a lot, though, like repurposing actors that had been there to give them more prominent roles. I mean, if you look at, you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm in Northern New Jersey, and I'm my girlfriend is, works in theater, so very close with all these New York based actors and stuff. And I mean, you pick a New York based actor, ask him how many episodes of any Law and Order have they been in, and they've run the gamut between the murderer to the dead body, to gasping bystander number seven. So, um, you know, I wonder if this was an instance where he left a good impression on season four, come season six, they're like, you know, who can we pull? Ah, this guy. Yeah. um, It's kind of like in in the Star Trek universe, uh, the guy who played the Vulcan in Voyager was a bad guy. A non-Vulcan bad right, guy right, right. in yeah. Next Generation. Yeah, so it could be like that, but this one website says they're the same character, so that's what we're going to say. Unless we hate it. Um. <laughs> so, and then, like, we got this other sort of storyline-ish thing where... For whatever reason, Andy really wants Aaron to talk to talk to him, like ask him out after the whole, you know, Christmas thing, you know, the, the 12, mm-hmm. 12 days of Christmas and the marching band and all that. And so it's just like, why doesn't, like, why, why are you being so stupid? Andy? Yeah, just I will ask say, her out. everybody, I think I've made it very clear my love of Andy Bernard on this show and his downfall starting very soon is going to be heartbreaking for me to watch again. So thanks a lot for putting me through it. That being said, I have to side with you here, Jacob. It's clearly the ball is in his court. You know, he's done all this whole thing. He convinced Aaron not to sue him based on the multiple avian attacks he's put her through. And it's time for him to ask her out. And for whatever reason, he's like, it's her turn, you know? Yeah, I just don't get it. Like, being happy is not this hard, Andy. Come on. I will say Aaron's being a little spoiled by expecting a bigger ask than the drums, though. Well, I don't think... She said that she thought Andy would do it. And that's why he was being slow about Yeah, I recall her phrasing more like, I can't wait to see what's next after the drums. I mean, either... yeah, I mean, it's a joke that doesn't come up. Yeah, but it it came off more like she, right? It, it's it seemed more like she was wait. She thought he yeah, was waiting. I, mean. he I was think she's asking something. why. I think I think now it's time to bring it down. But again, let's you, be reals for cereal, and um, you know, a little one on one. No more, no more naughty Nelly. No more Nathaniel. You know. Yeah, you know, she could have easily just been like, hey, 
we should go out. Right. You know, it's so, not a hard thing to do. So that's also going on and there's some oddness there, but, um, holy crap. I'm just, I'm looking at your notes, tons of new characters. We also meet the CEO of Sabre as well as one of their celebrity spokespeople though we don't meet mm-hmm. him officially. Um, we are first introduced to Christian Slater, <laughs> uh, for whatever reason is doing the, um, you know, their intro orientation video. Interestingly enough, an orientation video is specifically designed toward companies who are purchased by Sabre. Right. And that's um, a lot of... um, Oh, I think. A lot of companies, it's just easier for them to expand by buying instead of trying to compete. Um. And then we meet the CEO, Joan Bennett, played by um I just looked her name like eighty times. What the hell? Kathy Bates. That's it. So yes, she's uh she's got her pilot's license. Wow, Christian Slater's been working for a long time. His first oh, yeah, acting man. gig was in nineteen seventy. Uh, yeah, it's Christian Slater, bro. <laughs> Uh, you're right. So, you know, she's ultra confident, badass woman, you know, all this stuff. Who's just, she's got a pilot's license and is a close personal friend of Nancy Pelosi, which I don't know why anyone would want to be that, but hey, teach their own. Um, yeah. And so she's just like, and she's very, you know, playing it off very Southern, which, you know, I never thought of Flor Flor Floridians. Is that is that the yeah Floridians having that kind of more Tennessee well, accent she's that from she Tallahassee, has. right? Uh, I think that's a little. I think right. that's more of like a so I don't, a panhandle I don't, area. So that's uh, a little, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, right. it is a little bit more to me southerny, uh, you know, as opposed to something like a. Miami or a Fort Lauderdale. Right. Yeah, it oh. is. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like right yeah, in the middle I mean, of it's, that Yeah, it's not too far. I mean, it's right. I mean, it can't be more than 10 miles from Georgia. Yeah, it's so, like yeah, pretty okay. much all I of can Northern see Florida. It's kind of like that Jacksonville uh, and shit. It's not until you get, yeah. I don't know much. The only thing I really know about Florida is Orlando. Yeah, I've been I'll to tell you. World a few uh, times. That's a I had a shirt from a band called Under Oath in high school, and uh, it said Florida, where people go to die. So there you go. Because old people retire there. I think that was the joke, but it was very edgy for a seventeen-year-old. <laughs> So we start, so we get everyone in the conference room and Gabe is kind of rolling through all the changes. Um, And Michael's kind of freaking out. So he's getting YouTube taken away from him, which we know he spends way too much time on. That, you know, when Cookie Monster singing Chocolate Rain came out, he didn't work for like four days. I'll say personally at my Uh, job, we've established some, 
pretty strict things that have stopped me from reading video game websites. And I find a way, bro. I read less. I read websites I don't want to read as much, but I read them. Uh, but I think that hurts productivity more. I spend more time trying to get around firewalls looking at shit I'm not supposed to look at than looking at the stuff I am supposed to look at. <laughs> you, uh, you ever use the you. Uh, Google Translate? <laughs> I learned it from you. Part or yeah, trying to read Polygon is really difficult because it's all formatted shysty because of the, the trickery of it all. But, um, oh, yeah. If only we could go back in time and tell, uh, you know, what year is this? 2010 Michael Scott. 2011? Use Google Translate. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's a lot. It's ruffling some feathers. So uh, Michael has Gabe call Joe, the CEO, to kind of say, hey, you got to back off with some of these changes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he, yeah, this is, I think this is the first time we yes, actually technically meet. she's on a video call and, um, you know, she's giving Gabe the business and, mm-hmm. uh, Gabe looks off camera with Joe's very astute notices it. So she's like, who the hell's coaching you? Turn the camera around and we see Michael trying to be right. lining out of the room, but she whistles power move. And, uh, you know, they have a little bit of a conversation and it ends with Joe not very subtly suggesting that he she will fire Michael or Michael will have to quit if he doesn't kind of shape up. Right. Uh, yeah, she, she just like lays down the law. She's like, look, Dungeon Mifflin was the most mismanaged company since yeah. my nephew snowballed snow something company and all this stuff and so michael bolts and goes to see david wallace and we also see again because uh they all got these stainless steel water container things from saber i think we all i think just about every company gives out something like this to new employees (laughs) At least most companies I've been at. And he throws it out the window and it goes into Stanley's car. So this is like more down the line of like things happening to Stanley's Um, It's almost a hate crime at some point, honestly. It's terrible. Um, So, yeah, we make it to David Wallace's house. And, uh, you know, David's always been, you know, he's one of the, the sane people on the show. At some point, the entire Dunder Mifflin office takes that jump, and now they're all kind of zany. Uh, so David had always been the, uh, you know, the real person interacting with the office cast. Um, right, right. He was definitely, um, uh, yeah, he he was the, the and, sane uh, one out of the crazy. opens the door, and he looks a little disheveled. He's wearing some type of pullover. He's got a... a you know, he's got some shadow going on with his face in terms of facial hair, whatever that's called. I can't grow any. You know, by when we do our, you know, our first episode in December, we'll see my participation in No Shave November. Uh, but David Wallace is rocking it pretty well. And he's actually really happy to see Michael. Um, so you invite, yeah. Well, yeah, he's big. He's been bored. And one thing I, I thought was really good about this is they, they show just how 
rough losing a job can be, especially when you're the CEO of a big or CFO of a big company like that, you know, you've got to be pretty driven as a person. You don't, you know, someone who's just kind of chilling through right. life isn't going to make it that far. And um, we go inside and we, what do we hear in the background, sir? Uh, well, it's not even in the background. It's like in the foyer pretty much. Just, uh, his kid playing drums. Pretty good at drums. I'll say that. Not a bad drummer. Um, but we, yeah, we find yeah. ourselves in, we go to the kitchen when we're making lunch. Which just seems to be fluff and bread, right? It was peanut butter. Okay. There was some peanut butter. It was, it was marshmallow, oh, it. peanut butter, and bread. <laughs> and, you know, everyone is like really happy to see Michael. Yeah. So, which is weird. You know, David, obviously, <laughs> because he's bored and lonely and whatever. And David's wife, because she walks in and sees that David's got shoes on, which apparently is a revelation in their household recently. Um, a man in a suit, regardless if it's a man who kind of ruined a dinner party several years prior, um, is there also. So this all seems promising for David's boredom, right? Right. And I, I love it because Michael is like, how much time do you got talking about like him telling him, telling David about all the issues with Saber? And he's like, I've got a doctor's yeah. appointment. Next Thursday. Um, so then we find our – we do go outside. He says we might go outside. And they go outside and they're in the hot tub. Um, David's probably wearing a bathing suit. Don't know what Michael's rocking because he's still wearing his uh, his white T-shirt underneath. Probably boxers, something like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know, this is another nod to how well they, they make it feel like they're actually in Pennsylvania. Or in the Northeast, even though they're in California, because they're both drinking uh, different types of Yingling, which is a very popular beer up here. Yes. Uh, I'm sure you know about Yingling. Those bastards. Uh, (laughs) America's oldest brewery. great for them. Uh, Yeah, so they're they're sipping, and then uh, we eventually get to David's new business idea. It's, a, it's an item, in fact. That's excuse me, sir. How dare you? Suck it. Yeah, no, it's like a weird shop vac for picking up toys called Suck It. Right. Which, you know, I, I know it's supposed to sound stupid, but like, how would it even work? Yeah, I mean, I just I have to assume it's got a humongous hose able to pick up like action figures and Barbie dolls and stuff and must deposit it into some type of bucket. The suck it bucket, if you will. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the problem though is like you're picking up garbage and dirt too, right? Like it is a vacuum. Yeah. So you got all these dusty Legos and stuff inside of your suck it bucket, which I'm going to trademark. He's doing the noise, the whoop noise. He tries to get Michael involved. Michael's, you know, freaks out. And then he decides that he needs to be, um, you know, getting with the whole saber thing. And, you know, it's weird because if he would actually done it with David Wallace, he would have yeah. gotten rich. That is a good point. Um, but he ends happy, you know. He, d- he don't need no suck it. Um, so we escape. We go to the office. Michael barges in with... A beverage from 
Gabe's Homeland, just some store brand orange juice. They pour it into their weird tin bottles and after several attempts, make a toast to Dunder Mifflin and Saber. Right. It, <laughs> and then he's like, they drink. He's like, oh, it's metallic key. It's like drinking a battery. <laughs> Which, so, yeah, don't don't drink orange juice out of something that's yeah. Uh, yeah. terrible. Metal. Uh, and we get a closing credit scene with David and his son, Teddy, rocking out to the theme song, the product jingle, if you will, for Suck It. What are you going to do? You're going to suck yeah. it. Suck it. Suck it. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. I love it, but it's so bad. It, you know, we got we to gotta sort of circle back around where Jim and oh, Pam are at goodness, the preschool the whole or preschool whatever, thing. daycare. Sorry. Not sure what it is. And Jim's walking around and he walks into the bathroom in some... I don't know if he's the guy who runs the preschool or, but he's definitely an important person is, you know, taking a pee or worse, you know, in the little kitty toilet. It's awkward. It's, it's very office awkward. So we crack the door open. We see the dude sitting on the toilet. Don't know the dude's name, but I recognize him from Twister, which is a great credit to have under your name. If you've been in Twister, it's a great movie. And, uh, yeah, we uh, so we're kind of treated to this very awkward interaction between Jim and this guy. The guy's playing off well. It's Jim who's making it weird, and Pam points mm-hmm. it out as much. Right, he's like, what's, she she's like lays the smack down. She's like, well, what's going on? Is this, is this because Jim did this? Is like, and he's yeah. like, well, maybe let me he's ask just you, not Jamie. nice people. Is he? Did he? Mm-hmm. Was he starting to lose interest in them as prospective clients because of Jim's behavior? Or do you think he felt that way from the door opening? Uh, bit of both. Probably a bit of both, you know, because Jim's acting all weird, but he's also probably trying to rush Jim out because, you know, it's super awkward to be, you know. Now, do you think there was an thing. adult toilet somewhere nearby? Uh, I don't know. It, you would think so. It, the maybe it was, was full. <laughs> or like it was occupied. Well, you know, the bathroom can be full. Okay, okay. It was, yeah, it was, full. It, it, it was in like use. overflowing bowl full of shit. That sounds like a separate problem. Okay. Yeah, like <laughs> someone else was sitting on that <laughs> no, Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, because it's two things. One, it's either weird that he's using a children's toilet if there was an adult toilet nearby. Or he, there was no other toilet. There's only a children's toilet, and it was totally reasonable for him to use it. But they, the show leaves that ambiguous, and I feel like the viewers want to know so we can make a, a judgment call. Right, and and then you have the, like, the kids had to be occupied, right? Because you you wouldn't think that he would be using that toilet he, I, knowing that they could he did say it's story time on him. So he would ask story to, time. So he knew. But. Yeah. Yeah. So it just seems right. we, it's weird. You know, it just so seems I would weird. take, I, you know. Okay. And last question, Jacob. If and when, maybe, who knows? I don't want to tell you your life. But if you ever have a child, 
would Mm -hmm. because obviously people have to use public restrooms totally fine is it weirder to know that an adult man took a dump in a child-sized toilet that your child would be using at some point uh yeah i guess you know it's one of those things that you You just try not to think about this is your child we're talking about this is this is safety no you know uh well, it goes back to like the the age old question, which is worse in a public restroom, a super cold seat or a warm Great seat? Um, did you know, in you know, a, a lot of our fan base is from Reddit, so of course they know that there is an erroneous fact that fifty percent of people stand when they wipe their butt; the other fifty percent sit. I heard now the numbers aren't that drastic apparently in real life, but this fact was posted on Reddit a long time ago and it like opened up the floodgates in my life. And I found out many of the people in my life wipe their butt in a way I did not anticipate. (laughs) And I bring this up because if you were on a child sized toilet, the height to stand is so much greater. Well, then you have the whole, you know, which way do you face? Because like more people than you think, like, get the fuck out of the here! Nobody of does that. Are you serious? Is facing... this real information you're trying to share with me? <laughs> Dude, I, yeah, yeah. Oh it was God. like when I when I was in college, we were having this discussion. It ended up being like thirty percent of the floor. Where did you go to school, man? <laughs> Oh my god, that's got to be a Texas problem. Texas. If I walked into a men's room and for some reason I could see a toilet bowl and someone riding that toilet bowl like a goddamn motorcycle, I would leave the establishment. If I worked there, I would quit. If there was a restaurant, I'd leave without paying. That's ridiculous. According to South oh. Park, that is the way oh, to do get it. Get out. I hate it. Uncomfortable. All right. So... <laughs> Toilet humor aside, it goes without saying Jim and Pam did not uh, end up using this daycare uh, for their child. But uh, (laughs) yeah, less awkward than the conversation Jacob and I just had. (laughs) God damn. (laughs) So what are you – Yeah, you know, it was a a fine episode. It's kind of, you know, like you said, it's the beginning of the Sabre era. Uh, So I'm going to give it a 3.7 – Mm-hmm. Out of five, this cable has Creed's name on it. Nice. Yeah, you know, good episode. It's sort of like a mini pilot or repilot, you know, because it is introdu- you're introducing a few, you know, new characters, you know, new what is Saber, how's Dunder Mifflin changing, etc. Uh, so I give this a three out of five. Nick, the IT right. guys, pretty reasonable. I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, next up, we got manager and salesman. Uh, written by Mandy Kaling, directed by Mark Webb. Is this the same Mark Webb who did Spider Man? It is. He did the Amazing Spider Man one and two, uh, as well as Five Hundred Days of Summer. 
You would. I did like that movie. I've, a I've lot. learned enough about your weird feelings about relationships yeah. between men and women that 500 Days of Summer <laughs> totally seems up your alley. Because you Very are the wounded white man who is following the manic pixie girl who is like, you know, your life is reality versus <laughs> versus expectation sometimes, I think, based on the conversations that we've had on this show only about your weird feelings when it comes to having crushes and dating and all that stuff. <laughs> but that's fine. It's not an insult. I okay. just, I, I should have expected you like that movie is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, episode 16, <laughs> manager and the salesman. Um, we get with this really weird out of context phone call to a hotel um, in Canada. And we're trying to find mm-hmm. – we're just trying to pull up Michael's reservation. That's it. He he booked the dang thing four years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Three, three years in advance. And, you know, they can't find his reservation. And, you know, they finally find the code. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, I need to cancel it. And you see this look on Dwight's face like, what the hell? Why is he going through all this? And if he had just left it, he wouldn't have had to pay the cancellation uh, fee. <laughs> so I don't know anything about cancellation fees. Educate me just a hair here because, I mean, the reservation was still on file, right? Would there be would there be like a no showing up right. fee or something like that? Uh, maybe. I mean, you know, I have to look at it, but. I mean, cancellation fees generally don't apply to hotels, generally, but I could see it for something like the Olympics, you know, as the people just aren't booking a crap ton of rooms and then failing on them last second. You know, so I can see that well, for a I big feel like event, there's a, like, a sense like of like, you know, 48 hours in advance kind of thing. You should be okay. Um, you know, we do some... Uh, rental spaces at my job for like special events and traditionally we can get a refund if someone books our spot or we'll have right. a cancellation fee if it goes unsold you know right right yeah because i thought i was watching it just prior to us recording and i was like huh i wonder if he could have left it undone because maybe because the woman on the phone says that they just changed systems so is it possible that if he didn't mention it, it would have been stuck right. in the old system and not processed correctly anyways, you know? Is that supposed to be the joke? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's kind of the impression I got. Oh, it's uh, funny, but, too, because she you jumps know, you right never in. know. So he's like, I'd like to cancel it. She's like, sure, no problem. There'll be a cancellation fee. You know, as opposed to she doesn't think it's odd that he just spent 20 minutes trying to hassle this lady to find the hotel reservation, you know? Yeah, he probably just wanted to get off the phone. At um, that point. And he does make a funny comment about Canadians. He's like, you know, people say that the Canadians are nice people, but I'm not getting that now. Yeah, but he says something very odd about British Columbia. Like the way he says yeah. it is super bizarre. Like I've heard that British British Columbia is super nice. Yeah, just just the general Canada joke. About sorry, let me tell you, I've been playing a lot of Destiny 2, uh, and I'm part of my brother's clan, Scott's Tots. And um, for some reason, I ended up playing okay. with a lot of Canadians, and I can't not 
talk like a Canadian when they're around. <laughs> like, sorry about that, eh? <laughs> well, I think it, well, the thing is, is, a lot of Canadians talk that way, oh, especially yeah. like in the western and, um, part of the country. <laughs> yeah, it's just nuts. And then sometimes we get some British people. And it's crazy because the t- they're like ahead of us in time. So me and my girlfriend are playing at like midnight and they're playing at like three in the morning. And then they're talking all Irish and I can't help but bring up my Scotty yeah. impression. And the only thing I could say like him is, uh, I'm giving it all she's got. And sometimes they say, I can't, which means can't apparently, according to uh, some preliminary Google searches about that word. Anyways, okay, so uh, a big thing about this episode is the first time in person everybody at Dunder Mifflin meets Joe Bennett, the Sabre CEO. Right. And she's got it doesn't she have like a ton of dogs? dogs? Like we never see these two dogs again. I feel like every time we see her, she's got a different pair of dogs. Uh yeah, I think at one point oh, yeah? she mentions that they died. I think that that rings a bell, but cannot remember exactly where. But she does mention why those see, dogs according aren't to there, trivia on Dunderpedia. Sure. She has multiple dogs. the The seen ones are named Callie, Joe Junior, Cornelius, and Bobo. So I imagine we must see Callie and Joe Junior in the first in this episode. Right. Then they Andy they love a good crotch. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like, I don't know what ah. to do. <laughs> and it's a pretty good running joke because if you watch the episode, even if he's like just yeah, in screen, yeah. the dogs are like right in there. Gotta hope that there were animal cruelty personnel on the set those days to make sure nothing untoward happened. And, and this is when Joe finds out about the co-managing position that Dunder well, Mifflin had set up. I'm asking a lot of questions, but but uh, okay. When Jim proposes it to David, it doesn't seem crazy. I think it's because they were kind of like a a throughway right. for a lot of northeast, like northeastern Dunder Mifflin sales, right? Right, but the way Jim proposed it was that Michael would get how he originally promoted, yeah, right? To, to and basically, but what happens is this co-manager right. thing instead in that episode, where I guess Michael can still do some big picture mm-hmm. stuff. I think they give him some stuff of that position he never got, and Jim just continues all the littler things of the same job, right? Which makes sense in that right, context. The more day to day. And you just kind of, but yeah, the way Joe breaks it down here uh, does make it sound like they're two kind of wussy babies doing half a job each. Right, right, and you, you know you don't know how much how much they actually need to do because I mean, if if you've got a big enough position. Or enough people, it does kind of make sense to split them a bit. Okay. Right. Just like so. Be, yeah. It's like where I, like in the, uh, where I work, actually in the group I'm in, it's split. So like half the group reports to one manager and half the group reports to the other manager. 
and then they kind of you know work together to make sure things get done okay well she don't like it and essentially she wants them to figure out who is going to stay the manager and who's going to get demoted down to a sales representative right and so jim obviously wants the job michael obviously wants the job and they kind of go back and forth for a while until Pam realizes that it you can make way Which more is a money big as priority a salesperson. for the Beasley Halperts because for the rest of the show they are constantly broke and have no time and tired and all the lame stuff. I definitely want to watch in comedy television shows. I love watching poor people. It's not like I live that life every day. <laughs> so totally green. Escapism, Jacob. That's what this show was supposed to be to me. Instead, they hold a... Yeah. And this is also... It's a, and it's also around the... Um, That's right. Like Valentine's Day. So Andy, being an idiot, again, doesn't want to seem too forward, so he gets everyone in the office a Valentine's Day card, even though... He wanted to do something like for Aaron, but he he had to like be Andy and right. Andy right. things up. Yeah, he's like trying to play it cool, and he goes too cool, and uh, Aaron kind of gets a bit of a lame card, right? Right, because the card he he wants to give to Aaron, he actually gives to Kelly. And it was, you know, super flattering about how, you know, you brighten every room you're in and da 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 And Kelly's like, well, I thought he was gay, but, or annoying, but, yep. you know, I could do and, that. Uh, so we get the, so, so this storyline revolves around Aaron's kind of confusion about Andy's feelings, Kelly's confusion about, well, confusion and kind of, uh, embracing of this potential relationship with Andy and it's very odd for Andy, but he's kind of oblivious for most of the episode. It's very unlike him. Usually he's on the ball. <laughs> really? Andy's not usually on anything. Come oh, on. He's sort of a dick. He's the nard dog. Okay. Used to get straight bees and calls. They called him buzz. <laughs> Um, and let's see, is, is there another storyline? I think that's kind of the gist of the two the two main things going on. Uh, yeah. Right, and you sort of have this thing where Ryan and Dwight are yeah, trying they, to plan the downfall of Jim Halpert. That's right. With their it's full diabolical swing. plans. Um, yeah, so eventually, yeah, like you said, Jim figures this thing out and he decides to uh, take the hit, become the sales rep. But Michael finds out from Oscar that this information freely available in the employee handbook, uh, you know, Michael kind of gets a little grumpy about it and he opts to go down. Right. There's a great line. He's, he's like, because he, or, Oscar says something about maybe he should go to sales and, you know, because according to Michael, there's a giant untapped gay market, but he's like, it's like, so he kind of lays it out how there are no caps on commissions 
which I'm not big into sales. I don't know if cap commissions is normal. Yeah, but I uh, not also sure. not a sales rep and even working with my reps. I mean, based on how they're always being yelled at, it sounds like they don't really meet any type of <laughs> required sales point anyways because they're always being yelled at. <laughs> so I couldn't tell you if there's traditionally a cap or not. I imagine so, uh, depending on what they're selling. Yeah, because there's got to be realistic yeah. kind of lines. Otherwise, I could see a company going under if they're paying their reps too much. But Right. But then you have like, and Oscar says, you know, I read it. Uh, he, uh, Michael wants to know where Oscar heard this. He's like, <laughs> the manual. Who? Yeah. Manuel who? <laughs> so, so good. Michael talks Joe into letting him become the rep, and he kind of gets this, uh, you know, reality check when he's in the in the pit. We've got people are less chatty than he thought they'd be. Right. No one gives a damn about what uh, who he's just acquired as a customer. There's some flatulence going on, which uh, everybody's yeah, right. People trying to be respectful of what he just wants to talk about it. Then, then the uh, for whatever reason, this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. But Andy is looking over, and he's got two Kleenexes shoved up his nose because he's expecting a nosebleed. Which I wonder if that happens on a schedule or something. <laughs> Man, I, I. I still get them, but you know, back back in the day, yeah, I, used to I remember terrible uh, nosebleeds. I was moving back to California when I was a young boy, and we were driving, and we stopped somewhere in the uh, the Mojave Desert at a at a. I don't know why it would be called a resting stop. It was basically just a piece of the desert that had a roof over it, <laughs> and uh, we had just left. I want to say we just left Reno, if that makes sense geographically, because I had a toy bow and arrow that I had acquired at a casino while we were there. And I was like seven and it was so hot. My nose started bleeding and I was going to pass out. So my dad catches me. He takes my bow and arrow out of my hand and throws it across the parking lot. And he dumps an entire bucket of ice water on me, I guess to rejuvenate my body or something. So I lived, obviously I'm here, uh, but the motherfucker broke my bow and arrow, Jacob. Shattered it. Never replaced it. That was an official Reno bow and arrow set that had suction cups on the arrows and everything. He was just like, Psh. I feel like you're not yeah. as upset as you should be. That's all I'm going to say about it. But anyways, yeah, nosebleeds are terrible. And my dad owes me a goddamn bow and arrow set. I... <laughs> there was this one day in college. I woke, I woke up and I'm like, so, man, I feel kind of sticky. And I look down, I've got blood all over my chest. There's blood on the walls, on the floor. And, like, I don't know how this oh happened, but, like, I just bled everywhere. That's <laughs> terrible. That's kind of <laughs> Like, it soaked all the way through the mattress and yeah. dripped it on the floor. <laughs> it was awful. Oh, my God, that's terrifying. Uh, so Michael pulls Jim aside. It's like, Hey, we got to switch. And I don't really know why Jim's not enjoying it either though. The episode doesn't really cover that as much. Aaron comes in with some weird request that Michael makes her do. But aside from that, I mean, is it just the money? Right. 
Yeah, I mean, Jim yeah. talks about it. He's like, you know what? I'm so, in it for the money. Yeah. He's happy to do the switch with Michael, and, but I guess it's an embarrassing conversation to have with Joe. So, of course, the best time to do it is outside when their dogs are taking a shit. <laughs> Please don't ride the dogs. People try a lot to of poop dogs. in these two episodes, gang. Uh, yeah, so she's like, you know, ultimately, <laughs> yep. I don't give a damn. Who does what job? Just figure it out and stop talking to me. Mm. Right. And, you know, so we get back in with Michael and Aaron's listing off all the stuff under his desk. So as you'd expect, you know, humidifier, dehumidifier, because obviously. Um, But the one that really stuck out to me was the food dehydrator. Like, what is he dehydrating? Is he like, man, I gotta like I just gotta have like jerky on the like so does, does he have some of like the deer jerky well, you from skipped Dwight? Over it, but doesn't uh I feel like the humidifier and the dehumidifier are working at the same time. All right. Right, right. You yeah, know, you like everything under his desk got is that right. impression. There's a foot fan. There's the heater. Yeah, the food, the food, uh, the food thing. I don't know. Couldn't couldn't explain. He doesn't really seem like a crafty person. And there, there's, right. there, there's the fan What's the other and fan the foot fan. His, uh, yeah, his his, his bits. <laughs> his Dunder Mifflins. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he also has is it is it a foot keyboard or is it just a regular keyboard? I'm assuming it's just a regular keyboard that you know right. is, he just uses his foot. Yeah, for. he's in there. Him and Aaron are doing their little weird dancey thing. And uh, yep, Jim's back out there. He pops mm-hmm. the top button, loosens up the tie. We get some classic Jim Halpert. You know he. Uh, <laughs> Dwight comes over and is all like, yeah, you set a record low and all this stuff and just keeps going and going and going. And then Jim just yep. grabs his tie and dunks it in his coffee. <laughs> so good. So our closing episode there, or the closing bit for the episode is we get like a little bit of Dwight and Ryan. I mean, did they really have anything to do mm-hmm. with the demise of Jim Halpert as regional manager? No, but they celebrate like they did. To, to backtrack a little, right? And to backtrack a little bit, Dwight says something about a lair, like how he needs a lair. And then when he's buying property, someone mentions a basement office. He's like, like a lair. <laughs> so it's something that is a, a sort of a recurring theme for. For Dwight, Terrible. that he needs a lair. I would never want to go to a Shroot lair. I mean, he gets he gets his tuxedos from already buried grandparents, and uh, sounds mm-hmm. terrible. Free access to coffins, right? Isn't Mo- Mo's in a coffin during uh, the initiation episode? Right. Yeah, and you know, we, we learned something about yeah. Dwight makes beet vodka. 
Are beets in the same Which, family as a potato? I mean, I don't think so. Um, I mean, beets are more like that. Makes beets sense. are a type of radish, aren't they? I, I don't eat vegetables. So I'm going to defer to you. I mean, they, they definitely don't look point. like potatoes. <laughs> I'm not a big, I'm not a big radish person in general, but my well, guinea according pigs to Nickelodeon's Duck, shit up. also available on Hulu, also part of my intense watching. Uh, Skeeter Valentine says beets are nature's candy, don't you know? So I feel like that's misleading. I don't think they're candy. And I did not, I did not realize Doug was if on If you're Hulu. a 90s kid Oof. and you watch Nickelodeon, Hulu is going to give you a, I don't know, something, something great, <laughs> something great and positive. <laughs> and I saw they just got like all of the TGIF shows, it's like Boy Meets World, I Step mean, by Step. I, I haven't. The only reason why I've been hopping into Netflix is to watch the Office episodes now. Though I do have to watch Stranger Things. No spoiler alert. Everybody back up. Back up. Oh, it's so good. The middle gets a little wonky, uh, but stay with it. And has of cards, but that's going to get canceled because fucking Kevin Spacey's got a fucking two. two. Yeah, but from what I understand, I, mean, I quit watching House of Cards in season four, and apparently it got well, worse I, after that, so... I think it was going to get canceled well, I recall, regardless. And not just to the, go on too much of a tangent the timing the of show, it. but I do. I recall hearing things that season five kind of paled in comparison to the real life of the Trump presidency in terms of like, you know, all the crazy political stuff we've been watching on Netflix for the past couple of years was being happening in our face because the giant Cheeto with a wig. And uh, yeah, and I, and I heard that season six was going to be the last season, but then they canceled production. Anyways, it's all terrible. I've only got Netflix for The Office. That's what I'm trying to say. What would you give this episode? <laughs> uh, I really like this episode. Um, it's fun, you know. So I give it a four out of five manual who. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty good episode. I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5 foot fans. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. So that's our episode. You can check us out at brokenjars.xyz. Uh, check out our other shows, the Dresden Files podcast, High Fantasy, uh, Dangerous to Go Alone. And uh, if you want to give us some of your hard-earned money, you can go to patreon.com forward slash broken jars. And we've got all sorts of cool reward tiers. Come chill with us on our Discord if you give us a few bucks. Uh, yeah. So thanks for, for coming out. You can find me on Twitter at, at Jake Bingles. We will and see you in yeah, two it. weeks, gang. Peace out.